Hey, y'all. It's Black Fluid Poet. And I'm going to dispel with the normal introductions. I want to say first, before I begin to talk about what's on my mind and on my heart and on my spirit, that um, this podcast could use monthly subscribers. So far, I have 25 supporters who enable me to continue with this endeavor that I am truly falling in love with and I would probably do if I didn't make any money at it at all. However, I'm going to be doing it a lot less if I have to go back to working full time while going to grad school, while etc., etc., etc. So if you're willing to part with a monthly gift, if you can afford it, anywhere from 99 cents a month and up, please go to anchor.fm slash blackfluidpoet and agree to become a monthly subscriber. So far, since I've been doing this podcast, I don't know why people think I'm making money hands over fist. I I find it hilarious. Um, But just to give you an example, as of December 1st, my rent is going up to $755 a month, which isn't a lot, especially if you're living in New York or LA or Chicago, and you hear this, you're probably cracking up laughing. Um, But then when you hear that this podcast in 11 months has made me $700, that puts it in perspective. So, um, if you know of any companies that would like me to advertise for them, um, that's another place where I could make a little money. Uh, let me know. If you have a small business and you'd like me to advertise for you for a monthly fee, feel free to let me know. I will gladly make a commercial for your company. Um, now, with all of that out of the way, I want to talk about Ahmad Arbery. And I have been emotional all day today. It has been nothing less than a challenge to scroll TikTok today, to have a discussion with anyone because for the first time since the murder of Ahmaud Arbery I can finally grieve I can finally cry I can allow myself the emotional freedom to simply be sad at these circumstances at the details of this case at the fact that in 2021, in this, you know, 500th, this this fifth century of the United States, we are still combating racism. That in the great state of Georgia, a young 25-year-old black man, 25-year-old American citizen, went on a jog and found himself mauled down by three white men simply for existing in their space.
What were you doing at 25? Maybe you're 25 now. What are you doing with your life? At 25, my son was in my life. I had my first, my first child. I became a father for the first time. And I remember the whole world looked different on the way home from the hospital. I remember realizing for the first time in my life that a family could be a blessing. I remember showing interest in gardening and, and flowers and I, and I admired how beautiful they were and how they really don't need my help to grow. Like beauty was just all around me. I imagine Ahmad on his jog and what he must have been thinking about. Maybe he had plans that day. Maybe there was a young woman in his life. Maybe it was a young man, I don't know. But there was a person of love interest. Maybe he was thinking about his future. What he would do tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, five years from then. And then I think about the rambles and roaring of an engine the Confederate flag license plate rushing behind him. I think about him being cornered by two vehicles, feeling trapped when this white man about his age jumps off the back of a vehicle with a shotgun. I imagine Ahmad thinking about his family thinking about his future. I imagine him thinking, I am not dying today. Please, God, no, not today. In a desperate attempt to live another minute, another hour, another second, he rushes towards the gunman. The gunman fires. Bah! And as Ahmad lay there bleeding out, this white man yells, Buckin' nigger. It's a timeless story, with the exception of the vehicles. It could be 2021, 1921, 1821 or 1721, 1621. And how low is the bar of our expectations for the United States legal system when we had to wait just to see what the verdict was going to be for the McMichaels and Mr. Bryant today. How odd that we had no idea, even with an explicit video by the defendants, we weren't sure how this was going to turn out.
how frightening of a country do I live in where I don't know if a court of law would send three murderers to prison. When I heard the verdict, child, I was shook. A Georgia jury. Let me let me get that one. Let me let me let me give you some history. Two states. Um. Well, technically three: Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida. During slavery, if a slave in Maryland, um, Virginia. You know, uh, Louisiana, lots of places. If the slave gave you a lot of problems, they were sent to Georgia or Florida or South Carolina for rehabilitation. That's how little Georgia played when it came to race. When I think about the state of Georgia putting three men in prison for killing a black man. I wondered if I was still in the United States, especially after the Kyle Rittenhouse decision, the verdict. I was just, all the wind was knocked out of me, y'all. I had to get offline for two or three days to re-up. I just, I didn't want to exist anymore. Is there justice for Ahmad Arbery? Sure. But this is no time, at least from where I'm sitting, to celebrate. I want to say to Ahmad Arbery's mother, as a 51-year-old man in this country, I'm sorry that I haven't done more to fight racism. I'm sorry I haven't done more to improve our legal system, our justice system. I am sorry. I'm sorry that you lost your son. I don't know how you didn't set the world on fire. I don't know how you waited all this time for a jury's decision. I don't know what miracles you have in your chest that keep you being such a saint. But I want to thank you because when the police told you that your son was committing a crime and was killed during his crime, You didn't believe them. You didn't accept that as the answer. And you fought until something was done. For that, I thank you. But I'm sorry that in this day and age, that's what you had to do. You know, when when you see black people on the news and you hear them on the radio and they're telling you that someone in their community is dead 
and the police are telling them some flim flam and they ain't trying to buy it and they want to know what the rail's going on and they are trying to find private investigators and they're trying to get the news involved in social media, there's always some white person going, oh God, they're making this about race again. Shut the fuck up. Like, did you not see what these three men did in 2021? And this is not an unfamiliar case. And let me tell you how close this was. Let me tell you how close this was to letting these three murderers go free. Kyle Rittenhouse brought a gun to a peaceful protest. Murdered two people, shot another, and got to hug Donald Trump this week. Had an interview on Fox News, has been offered jobs in D.C. working for politicians. Before this, Trayvon Martin was being stalked by Zimmerman. And when Trayvon Martin was tired of this, quote, white cracker, Following him, he hid, waited for the dude to show up, and began to knock the living shit out of him. And when Zimmerman was getting his ass kicked, he pulled his gun and killed Trayvon Martin. And he didn't even go to jail that night. Told the cops what happened, they sent him home. The death of Trayvon Martin is what started the Black Lives Matter movement. And shout out to the black queer women who started the Black Lives Matter movement. Because the difference between the results of the Trayvon Martin case and his murder to the murder of Ahmaud Arbery is astounding. The difference is astounding. The way America has reacted, the way people have discussed the narrative. And one of the biggest differences there was, is that there was video. There was video. You know, in, in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, there was video recordings of him admitting that he wanted to shoot shoplifters. There were video recordings of him beating a girl at school. There were video recordings of him showing up at the protest, gun in hand, ready to go. And him murdering these people and walking by the cops. But in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, the judge threw all the video out. In this case, thank God for an unbiased and fair judge. Thank God for a jury that had the wherewithal to see what was real. And to the attorneys of the, of the McMichaels and Mr. Bryant, shame. Shame for the way you talked about Ahmaud Arbery. Shame for your complaints about black clergy being in the audience. Everyone deserves a defense attorney. Everyone deserves to make sure that their rights aren't being trampled on. But you went above and beyond your jobs when you decided to talk about an innocent black man like he was some sort of animal.
like he was beneath human. When you said things like his long, dirty toenails. But for the first time since the murder of Ahmaud Arbery, I can just cry. I can just feel sympathy and compassion for, at 51 years old, I'm going to say it the way I feel it, a child, a 25-year-old boy who just went jogging. who meant no harm, who was eventually going to return to his mother's arms, take a shower, have a bite to eat, and go on with his life. Who will never see again, never have an opportunity to be proud of his accomplishments I just need a day to feel, to hold on to my humanity. Sometimes, you know, black people don't want to cry about these situations because if we did, we'd be crying 24 fucking hours a day. But today I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry because I remember that one episode of Blackish where they were discussing police brutality and the husband says to, to, to Rainbow, to his wife, do you remember when Obama was elected president? And during the parade of sorts, he and Michelle stepped out of the car and do you remember how afraid you were? how you thought that some white supremacist was just going to snatch this beautiful day from us with a bullet. And I remember that. I remember 2008. I remember sitting with my friend Jason Moore. I was in his living room. And the Obamas were in the bulletproof limo. And they were going down Pennsylvania Avenue and the car stopped. And I said, what's going on? When the Obamas stepped out of that car, I remember saying to Jason, what the fuck are they doing? Are they crazy? Now, every president, every fucking president has taken this walk. But I didn't give a damn. I was like, if they don't get their black asses back in that car... They are outside their minds. This man is going to fuck up everything right now. I really believed he was going to die, that he and Michelle were going to die that day. And Jason, who is white, said, they better get their asses back in that car. They're fucking nuts. And I remember he called his wife in the room, who is black, and De Rochelle came in the room and said, what are they doing? And I said, I know, right? Get in the car. That is the United States that we live in.
I live in a nation where three white supremacists could have gotten away with murder today of a black man who was simply taking a jog through their white neighborhood. And could have just simply gone home, found not guilty. And I would not have flinched at the decision. And it would have been just another day in the United States. There's no real point to this podcast. Except that I'd like to give you permission to feel today. I don't want you to look at this as just another case of racism. I want you to see a young man whose life was taken far too early and how sad that is. I want us to give his mother space to grieve And for us to grieve as human beings, as fellow citizens of the United States. The whole world was watching today. And nobody could predict what the verdict was going to be. And isn't that the America we live in? Y'all have a good night.